blue wire. Think about Lois. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown! Alabama wins! Elliott. Dodge the eye of this national championship win. A deep throw by Lawrence. A lot of contact. Justin Ross broke free from it. He's down in the end zone. Touchdown, Clemson. Welcome into episode 171 of Press Pass. Kayla Anderson here alongside my co-host Joshua Perry. And yes, it has happened. The first college football poll that anyone really cares about came out this week. The AP Top 25. Humble brag, yes, I am a voter. You can go to see what I voted on. It's always out there if you want to rip on me or if you want to give me a little praise. Joshua, how are you doing this morning? I'm good. Um, You know, it's been a hectic last couple of weeks. I've been on the road covering training camps. It's something that I certainly enjoy. Um, Also is a little bit tough when you wake up in the middle of Iowa and your hotel room is freezing, but I'm all good. Wait, Tell me the story behind a freezing hotel room. Did the heat go out? No, it's just cold. I, it, the, it's just, it's cold. I'm sitting here wrapped up in a, a comforter right now because I like, I've tried to turn the thing up What? and it, it just, it's just cold here. So the, it is true that even in the summertime in Iowa, it's not really that warm. Like is, no. <laughs> what's the temperature during the day? I couldn't tell you what the outdoor temperature is, but we went to uh, we went to Wisconsin, and believe it or not, it was like fifty nine degrees in August, like in the middle of the day. I enjoyed it. Uh, my colleagues are a little bit softer than I, so they had some complaints about it. Um, and then yesterday in Minnesota, very mild, uh, very very mild. So I've actually enjoyed the fact that I'm not sweating through my shirt because when we were in Maryland. Literally walked outside. It's like 94 degrees, automatic sweat. And that's not happening here. That's what I was going to say. It's pick or choose what you really want this time of year when it starts to be cool in the mornings, like you said, when you're waking up. And just in in the average, you know, temperature in the afternoon on the East Coast, especially in the D.C. area, it's going to be humid as heck. I'd rather take the dry, not so, you know, hot weather, in my opinion. I take it every time. I would would much rather have the option to add a layer than um, sweating through all of my clothes. Exactly. And maybe that's, have you ever been to like the wet, like Northwest during the summer? I don't know if you'd. I've not. Okay. So that's something you and Maddie need to do in terms of taking a trip sometime to the Pacific Northwest, like even just going to the Seattle area during the summer. Cause it's, it's actually really nice. You're not going to get a lot of the rain during the summer and it's dry, you know, eighties, you've got the water. It's a really good place. I always tell people to go there in the summer if they can check it out. Yeah. I, um, I haven't done sightseeing. I was there for like a couple weeks when I was playing for the Seahawks. And so that's right. Um, super mild training camp weather, but like, that's not sightseeing. You don't really no. get to enjoy it at all. No, you're just kind of like still doing all the grind work. So yeah, that's not necessarily a vacation. <laughs> no, but you kind of get the, t- the temperatures up there. So <laughs> what's been the best part of your tours so far? It's um, it's twofold. I feel like I'm a broken record every time I say it. But I, I think getting a peek at the teams 
in training camp is really good insight because coaches will give you all the coach speak and players are always confident that they're going to have a really good football team. But uh, being able to compare notes from different stops and to see guys actually practice and how they practice and who stands out and how the coaches coach really gives you, I think, a lot of great insight into what the programs are going to be. But also, um, you know, I'm 28 and there are guys playing in college right now that are like 23 years old because you can play forever um, due to transfers and COVID rules and all that stuff. Um, All that to say, I'm really not that much older than a lot of these guys. Uh, And so I connect with a ton of them and I've gotten to know some of them over the last um, really four years since I've been with BTN. Um, And they're just really good guys. And a lot of them have great stories that we get to highlight, but um, being able to talk to them, I think is great because everybody feels like their team is going to be good at this point in the year, but players also are not stupid and Mm -hmm. they prefer not to lie. Um, and so they'll give you a pretty honest feeling about where they're at as a team. Um, and I'll give you a great example here is Wisconsin. A lot of people, had questioned about what their secondary is going to look like because they're going to have some new faces. And, um, you know, defense is going to be more of a question than it's been in the past because of the fact that they're replacing players. And so I'm talking to one of their linebackers and I'm like, man, um, you know, just watching practice, I thought your secondary looked great. And he says to me, "I, I do too. I think it's the best secondary that we've had here. And then he looks me dead in the eye and says, I know people are they have questions about our defense. He said, I feel like we're going to be better than we were a year ago. And it was a really good defense wow. a year ago, but like they'll, they'll give you their opinion on the flip side. Um, uh, talk to Sean Clifford, who's a quarterback at Penn state. And he's a guy who's in his sixth year, super veteran dude. Yeah. Um, really sharp guy. I've spent a lot of time with him and uh, he's always been great. He's an Ohio kid. So had a little bit of a connection, but after practice, I was like, I was like, man, uh, you guys really got after it today. And he says to me, yeah, it was a lot of work. I don't think it was a very good practice, though. Just that candid. Um, And it's really interesting hearing that because, you know, it's just like his honest reaction right after practice. I don't think it was that good. He's like, I had to be a lot better. I could have been better. He's like, defense threw some things out that we hadn't really seen before. So we got to correct it up. He's like, you know, it was good work, but it just wasn't, wasn't a good performance. I'm like, dang, that's crazy. So all that to say, um, the players are always the thing for me. It's always the best part. Yeah, nope, that's my favorite part of anything too. I just think it's cool that you get to do that. And like you said, get to know the players before the season starts. You build a rapport with them. And then when you get to go kind of do some of the stuff with the Big Ten Network during the season, it just makes it so much easier to do your job. And you just feel like you can do your job better, right? Because you kind of know the ins and outs. You know some of the personalities. I think that all ties into being a good reporter or, you know, broadcaster is just going that extra mile. So it's cool to have that opportunity to do that. So we were talking about the AP poll. I just want to go over the top 10 really quick, and then I want to get your opinion on some of the um, things that stood out to you. I know it's a preseason poll. I get it, people. But at the same point, we have had nothing to talk about but NIL and transfer portals for the past like four months. So this is something that I'm actually somewhat excited about just because we can talk about 
you know, uh, actual rankings, even though they probably don't mean much. But no surprise here, Joshua, Alabama getting 54 first place votes. They are the number one team, followed by uh, your alma mater, Ohio State, which got six first place votes, uh, and Georgia rounding out the top three with three first place votes. Now, after that, we're going to get Clemson at four, which I will tell you straight up now, I did not put Clemson at four. Um, Mm -hmm. Notre Dame, five. Texas A&M at six. Utah, I actually really like Utah. um, So I like they got some love at seven. Michigan, eight. Oklahoma, rounded out by Baylor at 10. Mm -hmm. So when you look at the top 10, Joshua, what are you saying to yourself? Any surprises there? They got one, two, and three, right? And then the rest of it, I think, is a coin flip at this point. Like, I don't know what a lot of these teams are going to be. Yeah. Um, So it's hard to say that anybody got it wrong. Um, Here, but I'll give you some of my personal thoughts. I think some people didn't vote Michigan State at all, because I saw somebody who followed me on Twitter who was a Michigan State person who called out, like, six people who didn't give Michigan State a vote. See, in Michigan State, it was the same thing with them last year. And I I remember last year, I was like, oh, man, they're going to finish in the basement of the East. And then they end up having, you know, an 11-win season. Right. Um, So it's the same thing they were going through a year ago. And people are going to be like, oh, you know, uh, Kenneth Walker is not there. And Jalen Naylor is gone. But, like, you got your quarterback back. You got Jaden Reed back. And, like, defense, they had some issues giving up explosives. But they also had the most TFLs in the Big Ten last year. I'll get to all that, but starting off with number four, Clemson, like safe pick, I guess, but both of their coordinators are are gone. And those are guys who had been there for a long time. They promoted basically everybody from within, which I think is a weird spot to be if you're Clemson, because you can go out and you can hire the top coordinators if you really yeah. wanted to. Um, and one of the guys that you promoted wasn't even really an on-field coach last year, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and your quarterback was real sus and the offensive line was booty cheeks. Um, defense was good, but like, were they good because they were really good or were they good because they had a wizard coach who put them in the right position constantly? So um, be curious with them. Notre Dame, I think they're going to be a good team. Are they going to probably finish a year in in the top five? I wouldn't say so. Um, Quarterback will be a question. They still need to recruit better at wide receiver. Um, I think they're going to be fine everywhere else. But, I mean, quarterback and wide receiver is still a pretty big deal. So are they a top 10 team? Probably. Are they going to finish top five? Doubtful. And um overrated. Not going to spend a lot of time on them. Uh, love the Utah pick. Uh, I, I've got a lot of respect for that program. Yeah. Tough program. Returning quarterback. They do things right. Like, I, I don't think they get talked about enough nationally. And they're no. really starting to become that team that is is a national brand like i Mm -hmm. I think that they're really starting to cement themselves as um a a legit team um michigan similar deal to clemson in my opinion um coming off of a great year Mm -hmm. do they have a quarterback controversy i haven't seen them yet we're gonna see them tomorrow okay and i doubt they're actually gonna let us watch a a a good practice not only watch a walkthrough um but I'll, I mean, you know, and I, I want to be respectful to their process, but um, you got Cade McNamara, who is a good quarterback, but he's not a, a super high end 
guy. Um, doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Really good leader. Galvanizes the locker room. I have no knocks on him. Um, I think he deserves every shot to start this year based off of what he did a year ago. Then you got J.J. McCarthy, who is the guy who makes all the explosive plays and Harbaugh wanted to put him in the packages. And you know that he's going to be a really flashy guy, but he made some mistakes a year ago. Have they picked a guy? No idea. If they don't pick one soon, they're going to be in trouble. Um, Hassan Haskins is gone at running back, but you got Blake Corman, Donovan Edwards, not worried there. Like the tight end room, wide receivers are getting healthy. Offensive line have some new faces, but they've been solid. Um, defensively, is where you get into big questions. They also have a, a new offensive coordinator too, but they got a new defensive coordinator. Guy uh, was on John Harbaugh's staff with the Ravens, and then he coordinated um, at Vanderbilt, which had you know the 113th defense or whatever the case was. So not a the great bottom. situation. Um, Aiden Hutchinson ain't walking through that door. Neither is David Ojabo or Dax Hill or Chris Hinton or Josh Ross. So they got some things to replace over on defense. Hard for me to get there in the top 10. Um, what they did last year, I think, that deserves a ton of credit. It certainly does. And they've broken through. And I think for the mentality of a team, that goes a long way. Um, they've got some obstacles. But their schedule sets up. They don't play anybody at all early. Mm-hmm. Um, Oklahoma think they take a big step back. I don't believe in Brent Venables as a head coach. Yeah, player. no, I don't either. I'm not sold yet on that thing. I, I think that he's going to try to do the oh, shucks Dabo thing, yeah. but he's not Dabo. Um, this whole, I won't recruit you. I can't, I can't, you know, if you're going to take visits after you commit the whole shut up. This, I mean, this is 2022. This is how college football works. Yep. Um, like grow up, dude. So I'm, I'm not exactly sure all that is going to work the way that I worked for Dabo. We'll see. Um, all that to say, we know who the top three teams in the nation are going to be. Yeah. And and I don't think that that changes very much throughout the year. I think Alabama, Ohio State, and Georgia could all have a case of being number one right now, could all potentially be number one during the season, and I think mm-hmm. they're all going to make the college football playoff. Everybody else after that, like Oregon, for example, uh, I think well, Oregon's got a shot this year. They do, but um, Oregon is always, always overrated. I don't. I don't necessarily disagree. But, but I mean, I've been dealing with this since I was in college. Like, I know. It, it just it's it's like okay, I get it. But until they make the college football playoff and actually do something, like call me and you'll know, leave me a message because I, I don't care. Know. I mean, Dan Lanning might have that thing a little well, bit different we'll than say, Joshua. But we will. I, I but. And then, like, is North Carolina State a, a potential sleeper? Yeah. That's, to, mm-hmm. to, to win the ACC mm-hmm. and make it to the college football playoff? Like, yeah. am I crazy for potentially no. putting that into the universe? I don't no, think I am. You're not. I, I, don't, I don't think the ACC is great. Um, no. And Wake just lost. Here's the other thing. Yes. Wake, Wake did not go on my ballot for the sheer fact they just lost their quarterback. Yeah. And, so, and I was surprised to see them on so many people's too. ballots still because the, yeah. the backup quarterback situation is a, a couple of guys who have thrown like a total of seven passes. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's tough. And then USC, like, I know uh, it, it might be a little high. bit of hype here. Too high but here. The, the, the portal situation, and I think we all respect Lincoln Riley. Yes. And in, in, in compared to all the other question marks in, like, Texas A&M, we're riding them based off of hype. That's yeah, a perennial no, that's, eight-win team. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, the, the, the point that I'm trying to make is you can make cases for a lot of different teams here. Um, yeah. Now, I'll give you some insights into what I've seen, having not seen the rest of college football. Um, Wisconsin is getting a ton of benefit of the doubt. Yes. For being I Wisconsin. agree with that. Mm-hmm. And I think the stat is three out of the last four seasons, they finished unranked. Uh, but they always start off in the top 25. Um, and Iowa received votes and Penn State received votes. Minnesota received less than the rest of them. And I'm not sure Purdue received the least out of that group that I just named. And based off of what I've seen so far, mm-hmm. Minnesota, and this is not having seen Michigan, Michigan State, Iowa, or Purdue yet. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to see Iowa this morning, the day we record. Minnesota's the second best team that I've seen so far. Um period. So that means better than Penn State, better than Wisconsin. Um, it's a sleeper Yeah. in the Big Ten. I also like Purdue. I can't wait to see them practice, but I think that that's a team right now that might have some momentum going that people didn't expect. And then this is one of those, if they didn't play in the Big Ten East, but I think Maryland's got a shot to be pretty explosive again this year, and I think their defense is going to be better. Um, so all of that to say, Wisconsin sitting there at 18. As a Big Ten guy, I'm here for it. Um, I also am just not sure that they have enough offensive firepower yeah. to really score with the best of the best. I would disagree with you on that. Um, and, and look, we're with a lot of these, like Joshua said, it's hard just to kind of predict at this point because you're kind of basing it off of last season a little bit. You're basing it off of who's returning. You know, you're basing it off things that are just in terms of what they've done in the past, like programs like Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia. Like those are all easy to put in the top 10 because they've yeah. continued to do you know what they do best, and you, and that's and you know win. every name on their yeah, roster. And you know every way. Like, You're exactly right. They're national household names. These kids are. Right. These other schools, it gets a little bit murkier because they're they're more regionally recognizable. That's the tough part. Um, yeah. Just not to interrupt you, but just I'm, this is not a hammer on Wisconsin, Joe. Like I, I love I love the program. Um, their coaches, I think, one of the, the funniest guys in the conference. But you you mentioned that you're going off of last year and and guys that are returning and I feel like for Wisconsin they get the benefit of the doubt on all of that because they didn't finish ranked last year they lost a bunch of guys on that defense I just mentioned how I think that's going to be the strong suit of their team they're going to be really good but like if you haven't seen them you wouldn't necessarily know that um the 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 one name that's the two names that are returning that people would know are Graham Mertz and he has been um very up and down very, very up and down. And then Braylon Allen, their running back. He's going to be the best running back in the Big Ten coming into the season, in my opinion. Surprise, um, they have another great running back. I know. And he's got he's got all the tools, too. He's big. He's fast. He's got great footwork. His vision, he's got the best vision of any running back in the conference. And he doesn't, like, you You can hit him. He doesn't go down. We watched him practice. He didn't, he finished every single play on his feet. Jeez. Yeah. Well, that's the one plus about Wisconsin is you can always guarantee you can guarantee that they're going to have a back that you want to watch, right? They're going like, to run the damn ball. 
<laughs> hey, Kevin, let me ask you a question real quick before I we probably got to wrap up here soon. Um, but Tennessee in the others receiving votes category. Well, I gave them, I, they're on my poll, by the way. And so is Texas. I know they are. Those are the two um, that weren't on here. Yeah, Texas can go to hell, but um. I know I will, and I put them on because if you're going to put some of these other people on there in turn or programs on there in terms of what they have and what they're, I mean, what they're expected to do with what they have, then I felt like I was going to put Texas on there. So, I, I, we, I mean, we we had a conversation about your yeah, poll. Yeah, I mean, and I, I had no problem with Texas no, being on there. Um, I definitely like showed my poll to Joshua before. Yeah. I, you know, put it in, and I did make a change. By the yeah. way. So, I'm, you know, the because uh, the Texas thing, like you said, everybody else is getting the benefit of the doubt. I think yeah. I think that media has soured on that program just in general and they're tired of getting oh, the wool sure. pulled over their eyes. Yeah, yeah, um, I get it. And I, I playfully say them. Texas can go to hell because I think if Texas is good, college football is better as an overall product. Yeah. Um, but Tennessee sitting right there. And I know yeah. a lot of people are excited about what that program could be yep. this year yep. and the next couple of years. You got Hennon Hooker, who yes. is one of the national quarterbacks. We were talking about names that people recognize. He's he's done that for himself. He's, he's yes. a national name right now. What do you see as somebody who's in that state uh-huh. and you probably listen to the volunteer yep. fans talk about the upcoming season? What do you yep. see from that program right now? Well, first and foremost, I think the biggest thing that you just mentioned there was a quarterback, okay? When we talk college football, the first thing you want to make sure you have is a quarterback. Mm-hmm. And you talk about all the big-time programs and, you know, yeah, I know Georgia kind of based it around defense last year. They didn't have a big-time quarterback. They had a walk-on. He's a walk-on. Stetson Bennett's a walk-on, folks, if you don't know that. Uh, and so you look at – Tennessee's quarterback, Hendon Hooker. He's done a lot of off-season work. He has done a lot of work in the film room. And this is coming from, you know, just people over. I'm not right in Knoxville, but I am covering the balls from You're afar. close enough. Yeah, and I'm I'm working with people every day that are in Knoxville at the practices, you know, talking with the guys every day. And so this is a guy who is really serious about his role this season because he knows that this is a chance for him to do big things. And he knows that he has a name right now that's being talked about in college football. And he's also in an offense right now, Joshua, that is going to score a lot of points. Josh Heupel, his offenses are known for doing just that. And he had his first year where we saw the offense that Tennessee was able to put out there in the first year of Heupel. This is year two. And so you're going into year two. You're familiar with a lot of these guys. Yes, they've lost some names, um, but they have brought in other guys. They um, just brought in – they lost one of their running backs in terms of an injury, but they brought in a transfer who was actually originally at Clemson, I think went to West Virginia for like a short stint, and now is here um, competing for, for a running back's position. So you've got this offense that's going to continue to kind of be a well-oiled machine. So I love that part of it. But the question mark, I think, for a lot of people is the defense. Yeah. And that is what people have been kind of like, okay, is this going to take a step in the right direction? And from what everything I've, from everything I've heard over there in terms of just how the fall practices have been going is they are completely buying in 100% on defense. Like this is a team that is ready to go. 
um, second year with the defensive coordinator, everything kind of that happened last year, they can learn from they're coming in this year. And I think it's now like they're buying in a hundred percent. And I just like the attitude that comes along with this team. They're all about business right now. They know that they want to get Tennessee back to being a top 10 program. And they know they've got work though to do because in the sec, it's not easy. So I just feel like from everything I've heard from what I saw last year in terms of it can only go up in my opinion from last year, which I think surprised a lot of people just with the success they had and the competition, the games they had against really good competition that they were in those games. Um, That's why I gave Tennessee a vote in the top. Yeah. And I'm, I'm there with you on everything that you said. And you talked about how the question is going to be out on defense and they've got Uh, buy-in, which is important there. But I I think even more important than that, though, is if your defense is going to be a question mark, you need your offense to at least be able to score points. For Um, sure. And that's where they're at. And so you can put a little bit of faith in a team that says, you know, our offense is going to keep us competitive. It's going to give our our guys time on defense to come along, especially if there's buy-in right now at this point in the year on the defensive side of the ball. So that'll be a fun one for us to watch, uh, I think, as the season goes on. Um, there are going to be some battles over there in the old SEC. That'll there be uh, really good football this fall. There is. I'm excited. We're going to be talking games, real games that matter sooner than later. We appreciate you tuning in for this episode of Press Pass. Hopefully you got your AP fix. Um, moving forward, we can actually talk about games here So I'm pumped about that. I know you are. Enjoy the rest of your tour of the Big Ten. Thanks, you all, for joining in. And we'll be back for another episode of Press Pass real soon.